We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. This is Lakers Nation Live. Unfortunately, the Lakers come up short against the Sacramento Kings in overtime. Not the finish we wanted to see. Just couldn't find a way to get stops in the overtime period. Our old friend Malik Monk going berserk. And meanwhile, the Lakers just couldn't find consistent enough offense. And this could be doubly damaging. Because the Lakers played their guys extra minutes into overtime. What does that mean for tomorrow night's game? That's right. Lakers have a back-to-back playing tomorrow against a young, fresh-legged Orlando Magic team. We're going to break down both this game in which the Lakers, again, come up short in overtime and what this means for tomorrow. We'll dive into everything in just a moment. Make sure if you haven't done so yet, you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. And do me a favor right now, if you're joining me on YouTube, hit that like button. Let's get this out to as many people as we can. Joining me tonight, special guest, my guy, Scorpio Sky. Sky, how you doing? I've had better days, Trevor. Um, yeah. This was a particularly frustrating game for me. I don't know how you feel about it, um, but I, I was pretty much frustrated from the opening tip to the end. Yeah, it felt like the Kings came out and jumped all over the Lakers. The Lakers didn't match the energy level in the building in Sacramento. And they battled their way all the way back, but didn't get the result to show for it because the offense, well, we saw a few points during this game. It went MIA. Um, Unfortunately, it happened again at the worst time. And then their inability to get stops. The Kings scored on nearly every possession in overtime, with the exception of one. They either scored or missed a shot, got an offensive rebound, and then scored um, hard to win a basketball game that way. I've got a lot of people in the chat that are not happy with what they saw, not happy with the substitutions, not happy with who was in, who was out in this game, some of the shooting woes. So we've got a lot to get into. For anybody who is new, welcome in. If you haven't joined the show before and you're coming in, the way losses tend to go, we get to vent a little bit. We break down what happened and what it all means in the bigger picture. Of course, we provide context. Usually by the end of the show, we feel a little bit better because we've all gotten 
a little bit off our chest and we've gotten to get out some of that emotion. But uh, I'm taking the questions coming in from the chat, super chats. We make sure we get to those ones. Even if we have more than we can get to in one show, I'll put them on our next show. So that is the one way to make sure that your question gets addressed. But we are checking out the chat, all the questions, all the comments coming in. So once again, everybody who's joining, welcome in and welcome to the community that Lakers Nation has here on our YouTube channel. Um, Sky, I guess first, let's take a peek at the box score. And, you know, Anthony Davis, hard to complain. 30 points, 16 rebounds, two assists, two steals, three blocks, 11 to 22 shooting, even knocked in a three. Torian Prince put up 20, five of 13. LeBron, 27, 15 and eight. Those guys all all did their job there. Uh, even D'Angelo Russell, 17 and nine. So what, so what happened? Why, why are the Lakers not celebrating a victory right now? It's like you said, we couldn't get stops. We needed to be able to get stops when we um, when in, in clutch time. And for whatever reason, we're not able to do that. And I think another thing that's frustrating is the slow start. Obviously, you know, they were able to battle back. But uh, I think that's about three straight games now where we're, we're starting very slow. Uh, the shooting isn't quite there. Um, you're, I'm, I'm hoping that it's just one of those things similar to last year where we're just, you know, coming out cold, I guess, to start the season and things will pick up. But what really frustrates me is not so much the shooting, but the defense. The defense is just not there. We're not able to get start stops. And listen, the Kings are an incredible team. They are very, very good offensively. I was watching them play the Warriors uh, maybe two days ago. They were down 18 or 20 points in the fourth quarter and they they cut it to like two or something at one point i mean they went on a big run they forced a lot of turnovers they're a very good team but uh, i think we all expected a lot more from this lakers team yeah this is so this i i would characterize this as a bad loss not like you lost to a bad team like that's that's a different category of bad loss. If the Lakers showed up and they lost to the Blazers or something, that's just a bad, that's a, Hey, you should get out there and take care of business, beat this team. The Kings are a good team. The Kings are a good team, but when you had opportunities to win it and in the context of knowing that now this loss might cost you your next game because you went and you went and played into OT. You see 42 minutes for Anthony Davis. You see 39 minutes for LeBron James. I don't know how confident I am that either one of those guys are going to play. I mean, I've got a, a, a buddy, Craig, just traveled all the way to L.A. with his whole family from England to come watch tomorrow night's game, Lakers Magic. And now the way this game went, I don't know if he's going to get to see either LeBron or A.D. That's, that worries me now. Is this loss going to cost you another one? And that's where this could particularly be a bad loss. I think Anthony Davis will play tomorrow. Um, I, I believe LeBron James will not. Um, you said a few moments ago that people are obviously frustrated with who was in the game and who was not in the game. Mm -hmm. Rui Hachimura, you know, uh, three for six from the field. I believe that says two for four from three. Um, he was playing incredibly well. Why did he only get 17 minutes? You know, Christian Wood, two for two from three, four, uh, what is that? Uh, three for three overall 14 minutes. Um, no Max Christie at all, even with Austin Reeves struggling. Yeah. No Max Christie. Uh, they have a reason to be frustrated. Lakers fans should be frustrated with who was in the game and who was not in the game. And, and I'm not frustrated with who was in the game late. Obviously you go, you know, Gabe Vincent, you know, good defender scrappy. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't been incredibly impressed with him this year, if I'm being honest, but it's early. So I'm 
trying to be patient. Uh, D'Lo can do some things. Um, obviously, LeBron and Anthony Davis. And and Torian Prince was shooting very well tonight. But, I mean, when you got Rui Hachimura, who you just paid, and he he's having a good night to not put him on the floor, I just don't understand that. That's That was very surprising to me, too. When Rui finally got it going, and it seemed like he just he wasn't getting minutes last game, he's got to go in this game. He's in a rhythm. Why why would you not go back to him? And why? And look, here's the thing with this Lakers team: they can play a lot of different styles. They have the skill sets to play big, to play small, to do whatever it is they want to do. I wasn't particularly impressed with any of the Lakers guards tonight. I know D'Lo finished seventeen and nine, but Austin Reeves. Maybe his worst worst shooting performance as a Laker. I'd have to go back and look, but one for 12, I'd probably imagine that's, that's probably the worst shooting performance we've ever seen from Austin Reeves. Gabe Vincent still has yet to hit, hit a regular season three as a Laker. He's what, over 12 now? Something like that? Over, something uh, over 11 maybe? And, and he did some good things defensively. But what in this game said you must have two of them on the floor? Because really, that's the path to getting Rui. Or heck, how about Christian Wood, who we didn't even see in the entire second half and was so pivotal in beating the Suns last game. Neither Rui nor Wood gets the minutes that they really needed to in this game. And I thought this game, with the way the guards were playing, now we can talk defensive matchups with the Kings, and, and there's some probably some reason for it there, some method of the madness. But Dila wasn't playing great. Reeves wasn't playing great. Vincent wasn't setting the world on fire. Rui Hachimura was. Why not take advantage of that opportunity and say, okay, well, you know what? Instead of having two of these guards on the floor, let's just have one and use that as our way to get Rui out onto the floor and run Torian Prince as a two and have a little bit more size, have a little bit more rebounding. Um, I was really surprised that we didn't see that and uh, and disappointed. And I have to imagine Rui probably doesn't feel great after that one either. Yeah, because also, how is he supposed to build momentum and rhythm to carry over into the next game and the next game if as soon as he gets going, you put him back on the bench? It just doesn't make sense. And again, not only Rui, but Max Christie. When you have Austin Reeves, like you said, probably having his worst game as a Laker. Mm -hmm. And D'Angelo Russell was doing some good things, but he wasn't lighting things up. And neither has Gabe Vincent. I can understand if you say, well, you know, I don't want to replace one of these guys because I don't want to lose shooting. That's not the case with Max Christie. I don't want to replace one of these guys because I don't want to lose defense. That's not the case with Max Christie. He's going to give you defense. He's going to give you shooting. Why not put him out there for a few minutes and see what happens? I, it's, I just, I don't get it. And not only that, but, and I don't know if this is more on the team or the play calling at one point, or I shouldn't say at one point, when Sabonis fouled out, they played Harrison Barnes at center. And at one point, we had a switch, and De'Aaron Fox, with five fouls, was guarding Anthony Davis. We did not get him the ball. Oh. 11 of 22, one of two from three. He's had 30 points. We did not get him the ball when he had Harrison Barnes and De'Aaron Fox with five fouls guarding him. I just don't get it. No, that and that's something that that is a carryover from last season. How many times did we see this team... Uh, get a, a player into foul trouble, get him to five fouls, and then stop attacking that player, even in advantageous situations. It's almost like they're being nice. Oh, you've got five fouls. Okay, all right, we'll we'll lay off. We'll lay off, no problem. Um, you can't be the nice kids. You can't be the nice kids. You've got to go out there, step on throats, 
and, and finish games. Uh, again, I don't want to present that the Lakers played terribly. I don't think they did. I think they missed opportunities. They didn't play a, a terrible game, but they missed opportunities to to get a big win on the road and just didn't find a way to get it done. Um, I do want to get into some of our chat questions here because that's going to springboard us into a lot of the topics that I think we need to discuss here tonight. Uh, Giassi said takeaways, Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell's defense. It's a noticeable, noticeable liability. Uh, we may even need to consider bringing Austin Reeves off the bench when Vando returns. We keep praising Rob, but give me Dennis Schroeder over Gabe Vincent every day. Um, so let's, let's, start with the the defensive concerns i think when you look at who the lakers have played that can magnify those defensive concerns right i mean jamal murray game one now here game three deer and fox that can certainly magnify those defensive concerns but is is the two guard thing and i think it's early to come to a definite conclusion but is the two guard thing with reeves and delo is that something that you just stick with for the season? Or are there, at the very least, certain matchups where the Lakers should consider a Max Christie, should consider just bumping Torian Prince up to the two? I think everything is on the table. However, I'm happy with D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves. I think uh, D'Angelo Russell has made a huge step this year in his defense. Um, he's He's being a lot more active. He's not the greatest athlete in the world, and he will tell you that. Mm -hmm. um he's not gonna he's never going to be a lockdown defender he's never going to be a marcus smart or a patrick beverly or he's not going to be one of those guys but can he be passable and i think he will he's already made steps to do that austin reeves is a good defender there were times where he got switched on to um keegan murray tonight mm -hmm. who's six foot eight you know and, and a very good shooter athletic guy i mean what can you do um when you get put in certain switching situations it's not going to always benefit you. Um, bring it now. Moving on to that next point, as far as bringing Austin Reeves off the bench when Vando returns, fully admit this was probably the worst Austin Reeves game we have ever seen. That being said, flipping the coin, this is not who he is, and we can be comfortable with that. This is probably going to be the worst game maybe we will ever see from Austin Reeves. It's not like he's this guy every other week. We've never really seen this before. So he had an off night. It happens. Everyone has it. Let's move on. Um, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he came out tomorrow and and had a phenomenal night. Um, yeah, agreed. Yeah. One for 12 shooting is just not what Austin is. That's not who he is. That's not who he is. He's incredibly efficient. He's actually been so efficient. We probably should have seen this coming at some point. Like you can't just be 50, 50, 90, like, or whatever he was uh, for your entire career, you know, and um Use you know I I have also been frustrated as far as like wondering is the Gabe Vincent uh, over Dennis Schroeder uh, decision mm -hmm. you know was it a good decision but you made a great point the other day we we don't know what the situation was that led to us going with Gabe Vincent over Dennis Schroeder we don't know if you know he would rather be a starter in Toronto and whatever it is so we we until we know the story we can't really judge that yeah yeah we don't know is it was the starting job, a big factor. So that's hard to just, we, from the fan perspective, we tend to look at it as though the Lakers have their, and this isn't just a Lakers thing. Everybody does this, but they have their pick of who's out there without factoring in that the players have to choose to sign the contract. So when people say, Oh, well, the, why did the Lakers decide to sign this guy instead of that, instead of that guy over there? 
well, maybe the guy over there wasn't going to sign with the Lakers. Maybe he's always wanted to be a Milwaukee Buck or something. I mean, we don't, we don't know. Um, all right, let's see. Wicked Bronco said the fact that the Kings were without Fox and Sabonis, and instead of having LeBron and AD attack the starless Kings team in OT, we settle for threes. We got the switch for Braun all game long, and instead LeBron passed it out. Sky, I was losing it on the on on uh, playback because taking so many threes, 45 three-pointers attempted. The Kings took 48 uh, in this game. You know the advantage for the Lakers. Hell, even if Sabonis is in the game, the Kings don't have much rim protection. You're taking almost half of your shot attempts for the game came from three in this one. And I know the Lakers, they, it's not like they they shot 20% from three. They shot 33%. But it was frustrating down the stretch, especially with the, the bigs out, when you didn't see the Lakers taking the ball to the rim. I agree, especially late again when Sabonis goes out and they are playing incredibly small. Now they played JaVale McGee in overtime, I think it was. But yeah. uh, at the end of regulation, it was Harrison Barnes playing center. And, and why not feed you know, you're one of your best players in the world, Anthony Davis in the middle. I I don't get it. And even before that, when you've got Sabonis in foul trouble, you've got um, De'Aaron Fox in foul trouble. You've got multiple guys in foul trouble. Why are are we settling for threes? I get it. If you're wide open, if it's, if it's a good look, whatever it is, but sometimes you just need to attack. And, and a lot of this may just come from it being early in the season. Um, you know, especially with LeBron, he's going to pace himself. He's not going to drive. I was actually surprised that he was driving to the rim as much as he has in the first few games of the season. He did a lot, a lot on fast breaks. Um, I expected him to kind of ramp up slowly and 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 shoot more outside shots, which we saw tonight. But you know, it doesn't make any of us feel better. No, no, it definitely doesn't. It de- it definitely doesn't. Now. And again, it, what's one of the things we have to remember is let's say the Lakers shot, let's say two more three-point attempts went in and the Lakers win this game. The whole perspective around the game shifts, doesn't it, right? We yeah. would still talk about, well, they didn't come out with enough energy to start, but otherwise everything else would be spun in a much more sunny way than than it is now. The The end result can definitely color how we, we look at the rest of the game, but still, still... Yeah, they they made there were plenty of opportunities here to win this game, and it doesn't feel great when you know those opportunities were sitting right there, and they just didn't quite take advantage of them. Um, and this is this is what we're getting to, right? Is now people are saying our team is just bad. We're three games in. We're three three games into the season, so I don't I don't think even ten games in. I've said ten games is usually the marker that we look for, but. Even that doesn't give you a definite on exactly what a team is or isn't, but this comment said our team is just bad. Man, don't do anything right. Defense is god-awful. Don't execute at important times. Players play inconsistent all the time. Dumbass coaching. Uh, Can't make open shots, and we're expecting to win a chip. Ham fired. We certainly ride the roller coaster, right, with wins and losses. Um, I don't think this team is just bad. I can't land there after three games, despite, yes, that was annoying opening night in Denver. This was a frustrating loss. I don't think I can land the team is just bad, period, and will be for 82 games, while even admitting that they haven't given, even in the win against Phoenix, there wasn't a whole lot 
that they've shown us to say, oh, wow, this team is really going to be great. You know, I just think that there hasn't been enough time yet. I, I've yeah. been negative enough. Let's be a little bit positive. Um, it's three games in, and they faced three pretty tough teams. Obviously, the defending champions, Denver Nuggets. Phoenix is a lot better than we thought they would be. And I mean, um, their supporting cast. Uh, you know, when we got that win, it felt good. But at the same time, mm -hmm. it didn't feel that good. It was kind of like, oh, we struggled this hard to beat uh, a Devin Booker and Bradley Beal list Phoenix Suns. And then I look up yesterday and the same Devin Booker, Bradley Beal list Phoenix Suns are up 30 on the Jazz. Yeah. So, um, you know, that they have a really nice supporting cast, they, you know, and and then now we've got uh, the Sacramento Kings, which were, I think, that what the three seed last year or something like that. So we've, we've got a little bit of a tough schedule. And even tomorrow, I think it's the Orlando Magic, even though they're they're not by record. If you look at them year to year, they're not an incredibly great team, but they've got a lot of talented players and, and they play everybody tough. So I, I don't, I wouldn't think that they're going to be a, you know, a walk you know, easy. Like we're not going to just walk through them, but I think we need to give this team time. I really honestly thought we were going to kind of come out a lot hotter in the season than we are, but I was wrong. And it's probably just going to take a little bit more time for this team to really catch their stride or hit their stride. I should say sky as of, as of this moment, the Orlando Magic are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Boom! There we go. <laughs> now, now <laughs> there's some, there's some context to that. They are two and zero, oh, and they have played the Rockets and the Blazers. That's All that's right. been that's been their schedule. Now, to their credit, they blew out the Rockets. I think the Magic are better than people um, yeah. would like them would like to think they are because we have the kind of stuck in this. Oh, it's the Magic. They're bad, and they'll forever be bad, or whatever. I think they're a little bit better than that. I think they are. That it will be a challenging game, um, but right now, again, it's a symptom of the of the small sample size of games. But they are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, which is it's something. Uh, Koa said Rui got us back in the game, then played zero minutes since the six minute mark. Also, this dude Gabe is out here doing cardio every single game. Bald loss. Jake, but I'm assuming he means wow. bad loss. Is he talking about me? Or? <laughs> it's, 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 wow, I feel attacked. Man. Koa. Koa. Ouch, That's just man. mean. That's hurtful. That's, That's mean. Hurtful. <laughs> 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 how, how do you feel right now about Gabe Vincent? How do you like? Obviously, we know he's not going to go over forever from three. At some point, the threes are going to drop and probably the dam's going to burst and he's going to go like four for five one game or something. But how do you see him? Because it seems like Darwin is, is really leaning on him and trusting him quite a bit. I really liked him in Miami. And then <laughs> I have to admit, in, in that Phoenix game, I was screaming. I was like, why is Gabe Vincent in this game? He's going to make first team all cardio. Like, what is happening right now? Like, I said that exact same thing. But, I mean, the, the coaching staff trusts him. And what can we do? We just have to wait and, and see. And sure, he's he's not lighting it up offensively. Mm -hmm. um, he's giving us some good things defensively. And, and you know, the offense will come. That's all we can hope for. But we've seen, there have been examples in the past where a coach has trusted a player even through their struggles, and it's paid off. Uh, the one that always comes to mind for me is KCP back in, in the championship year. So it, it's way too early to be out on any player, out on Gabe or anything. But I, I do... Thank you summed it up very nicely. How do you feel about Gabe Vincent? I like them in Miami. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Andrew said, we have to hit open shots. We play like this. Our depth, which was supposed to be an advantage, just looks like nothing. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers' depth, it hasn't been as big of an advantage as I would have hoped. Um, that said, the Lakers' bench, in terms of plus-minus, with the exception of Cam Reddish, who only played five minutes, the Lakers' bench is all positive. Rui was a plus-nine. Wood was a plus-12. Which again begs the question, though, why didn't these guys play more? Like, isn't that that that's the frustrating part, right? I think the Lakers do have depth. And what that depth yeah. provides you is that, hey, if this player over here is having an off night, it's okay because we got three other guys that can come in and, and perform well. Why guys are still getting minutes if they're clearly having an off night when you've got those other guys sitting there? That's that's maybe the bigger concern with all of it, right? There's a there's a limit to trusting a player. If it's Austin is shooting terribly and he's having a really rough game, admittedly his his worst game as a Laker, th- he doesn't have to be in on this team. He doesn't have, you've got other, it's not like you've got no bench and it's, well, it's Austin Reeves or nothing. No, you've got a bunch of other guys that you can turn to and you say, hey, Austin, we're going to be better tomorrow. We'll get him next time. This guy's going to come in. And instead, that depth, I think the depth exists. I think that depth wasn't utilized tonight. Yeah, I agree. I was actually surprised when you said Cam Reddish played five minutes. I needed to look uh, and see that. Um, you know, uh, I mean, the whole idea was is Cam Reddish over Max Christie. I hate keep I, I hate to keep going back to this, and I want to start out by saying uh, I'm I've been a big Cam Reddish guy over the years. Uh, I shouldn't say a big Cam Reddish guy, but I've been a guy that really, really liked Cam Reddish. I liked him when he was in Atlanta. I liked him when he was in uh, New York. I didn't really watch him when he was in Portland, and I was really happy when he came to the Lakers. Um, he's doing some good things defensively. Again, I mean, I'm probably sounding like a broken record. Uh, the offense isn't there. I I just can't understand why we're not giving Max Christie a chance. Like, not yeah. even a chance. It's give confusing. Him, give him five minutes. Give him ten minutes. I... I I think um, I was watching one of your videos, actually, and, and and I think there was a quote from Darvin Ham where he was talking about, you know, he's going to be around for a while and he's a young guy and blah, 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 blah. It's like, yes, I, I completely understand that. He's 20, 21 years old, whatever it is. You know, hopefully he'll be playing for the Lakers in the next 10 years. Uh, but he can play now. Like, he, he can be useful now. There's no reason not to play him. He can play now. And so... Again, if it, the, the there's no point of having depth if you're not going to use it. Exactly. Exactly. That's a great way to sum it up. And and look, Max Christie should probably get a look at some point, particularly because look in that that clip that you were talking about with Darvin Ham, it it shocked me when he talked about Cam Reddish and his defensive versatility. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I think he's been better than I would have anticipated defensively, but. Nothing in Cam's history have said has said he's a great three-point shooter. And Darwin mentioned that he can shoot the three. I, I was surprised because that's a big advantage that Max Christie has over Cam Reddish. And yet Darwin cited Cam's three-point shooting as a reason why he's getting minutes over Max. That it was a little bit concerned. I know that's probably a little bit of coach speak, and he's trying to pump up his player, but that was a little bit concerning because the three-point shot is very clearly in Max's favor between the two. Yeah, and and I I understand that 
the reason to play Cam Reddish with his size and his length, and and there's a place to give him minutes. Yep. But I just think, um, and and I'm not going to complain about this all night. I promise, Lakers fans. But uh, I think if there was ever a a night where you want to give Max Christie at least a look, Austin Reeves is struggling. You know, your third best player, probably we agree, uh, mm-hmm. is struggling mightily. And when they made the the choice to pull him i mean why not give max christie a look because obviously they didn't see it in cam reddish because he played five minutes he was over two um you know gabe vincent played 32 minutes he was one for three over two from three uh i i just i think he this was the night to at least give it a look give him a look absolutely um dave McMenamin reporting that darvin after the game said he needs to tighten up some things after the one and two start. And when asked for an explanation of what he's referring to, he said he's going to dig into the Lakers rotation and settle in on roles. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So perhaps change is coming for tomorrow. I don't know who's playing tomorrow, but it sounds like Darwin is going to be taking a hard look at who's getting minutes and, and kind of what those roles are, which is what he should be doing this time of year. Regardless, even if they're three and oh, you should still be looking yeah. at, you know, uh, at those roles right now. But Jed Newton said, Rui not closing the game is criminal. Not ready to give up on Gabe, but he has to play up to his contract. Saw the tweet about Reeves not having legs after playing for Team USA. Hopefully not true. I mentioned that on, on Twitter or on X. And just said, you know, that was the concern, right? About Austin. Like, Austin was, Dennis Schroeder was trying to get Austin to go play for Germany, trying to get him to go play for Germany. And from what Austin said in an interview he did, he was going to say no. He was going to say no. But when Team USA called, because he wanted to just rest after playing a full season, deep playoff run, all that, Team USA called, and Austin went, oh, okay, I'll, I'll go. And I'm not saying that's the wrong decision, right? An opportunity like that comes up for Austin Reeves. I understand why he's got to jump at it. The Lakers, though, were very, very aware of the the tax that was going to put on his legs. 
to the point where he didn't really get to participate in LeBron's minicamp. He kind of just had to sit off to the side. He didn't play much in preseason. And I don't know if it's it's a rhythm thing. I know the shooting night is going to, the, the one for 12 night, it's going to magnify this question. But through three games, he's looked like, he looked like he doesn't quite have as much pep in his step as usual. And so that's going to beg the question. Did he, is he just pushing himself a little bit too much? And did he burn his legs out with Team USA? I hope that's not the case, but um, man, he doesn't quite look like the same efficient player. Just again, only three games, but he hasn't quite been that same guy just yet. And I'm hopeful that that's not what happened, that he didn't just push it too much by going on a deep playoff run, then going and playing for Team USA and now trying to start an NBA season. Yeah, that's tough. I I didn't even think about that. Maybe that is the case. I hope not. Yeah. Um. But he is definitely not himself. Um. Even the playmaking isn't really, really there. Like you're. Yeah. Like you were used to seeing. So, um, I think I'm gonna hope that this is just a, a little bit of a cold start. There might be a little bit of exhaustion, obviously, after the hard push last season, and then Team USA quick turnaround, but. I, I'm if it's one guy I'm not really worried about, it's Austin Reeves. I think he's gonna he's gonna it might take him a little bit of time, but he's gonna get back to who he is. And 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 I actually expected maybe a slight step back this season because I don't have his stats in front of me, but his stats last year were I mean, they were like video game stats almost mm-hmm. like they weren't like it's like I said, I made the joke earlier, it was like 50, 50, 90 or whatever it was, but like that's probably not too far off from what it actually was. So I was kind of expecting a little bit of a step back and 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 a fall down to like more regular um realistic stats, but um and this might just be part of it because you know he may start the season. You know, I'm just throwing numbers out there 15% from the field. And then he, at some point, he goes, you know, now he goes a month for 70%. And then, mm-hmm. they, you know what I mean? That's just how it is. That's how it was with KCP, if you remember. Sometimes some, he'd have a horrible month and then he'd have a great month and then it balances out. So I, I think Austin's coming. You know, we, we just have to be patient. Uh, but I completely agree with Jed about Rui. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's it's bewildering, and hopefully that's something that when Darwin says he's going to look at the rotations, the roles, hopefully that's something he looks at. Uh, Chris said, talk to Sean about not being worried about rebounds. Shooting has been dismal. Rarely have leads. Gabe Vincent doing nothing. Reeves has been bad. I'm worried already. Uh, so actually, look, uh, statistically, the Lakers rebounding-wise last season were fine. I thought in the postseason, the offensive rebounding became a problem. I know part of it is that when you give up offensive rebounds, it's a loud mistake and it often leads to good scoring opportunities for your opponent. So it can be especially damaging. Tonight's game, the Lakers actually won the offensive rebounding battle. They only gave up six offensive rebounds to the Sacramento. The problem is two of those six came in overtime when the Lakers badly needed a stop. So again, those are those you're as focused as you can possibly be. That's the, the tensest moments of the game and you give up offensive rebounds. So it's going to really stick out like a sore thumb. And so it creates the illusion that the offensive rebounding was a problem or the Lakers defensive rebounding, as it were. Um, It wasn't a big problem for the whole game. It was a problem down the stretch. And that's where maybe you can argue, hey, if Rui was on the floor, you know, but these were long bounces that Keegan Murray was able to get to around the free throw line because the Kings missed threes and they just happened to carry him out out long. Um, I'm worried already. Sky, should we be worried right now? 
I think it's too early to worry. Are, are we talking about specifically about rebounding or just in general? Just in general, I, I think. Because, I mean, and, and you can give me your take on rebounding. I'm I'm more worried than Sean about rebound. I just don't think tonight is an example of it. Yeah, I, I was actually surprised. Uh, I was looking at the stat sheet while you were talking, and, and I was almost I was just going to ask you, I was like, am I reading this right? Did we win offensive rebounds? And we did. Uh, it felt like we got killed on the offensive reba- um, rebounding stat. But um, what it was was there were loud offensive rebounds that the Kings were able to get. And those the offensive rebounds that they got hurt a lot more than the ones that we – we were able to get so um that's unfortunate i do think it's too early to worry we're three games in we're not zero and three we're one and uh and two we can easily go 500 tomorrow and um who do we have after after orlando uh goes orlando and then i believe they go on a road trip um i'm pulling the schedule up right now um no it's it's orlando then the clippers on wednesday okay. And then the road trip. And then it goes, so it goes Orlando, Clippers, Orlando, Miami, Houston, Phoenix. That's the, we're going to, we're going to beat the Clippers. I like we're gonna, it. We're like going to beat Orlando and then we're going to beat the Clippers. We haven't beat the Clippers. We're like what in the last like 11 or 12 games we've, we've lost to the Clippers, right? Uh, yeah. Something like something ridiculous that should not exist. Yes. So you're saying we're due. We're due. That's right. <laughs> we are very due. I use that rationale, though, because the Lakers hadn't won an opening night game in however many. It was like since 2016, like since D'Angelo Russell's yeah. first stint with the Lakers. Yeah. Like that was the last time they won. So I used the rationale of their due to say the Lakers are going to beat oh. the Nuggets opening night. I shouldn't have said that then. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. But but maybe they are just due. They're going to beat Every the Clippers on this one. Every dog has their day. That's right. That's yeah, right. we're gonna we're gonna beat Orlando. We're gonna beat the Clippers. We're gonna beat what about be three? My math sucks. Three and two. Three and two. Uh, I, I don't remember who you said after that, but um, we're gonna. I mean, eighty and eighty and two is not a bad record. No, no, yeah, we can do that. Bad. They're they're not gonna lose again. They're not gonna yeah, lose again. Not, not uh, Wicked Broncos said, "Why is Vincent getting more minutes than Reeves? I understand Reeves has yet to get in rhythm this season, but Gabe is is an offensive liability right now. You play the guy who was the reason you made the playoffs." So he's advocating for Reeves minutes. I mean, Reeves Which, didn't have it tonight. Like no. I, I, under, I understand why he didn't get minutes tonight. I think I don't have the, the stats in front of me from the first two games, but I imagine Reeves played a decent amount of minutes for those games. So yeah, again, I don't think we need to worry about Austin Reeves performing. And I don't think we need to worry about him getting minutes when he is performing. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, guys, if you haven't checked it out yet, if you're on the YouTube channel, we do have our our great uh, membership program. You guys can check out. Use the the join button, and you can see the perks there. Um, I think they're pretty cool. I'm a little biased, but but I think they're pretty cool. So check out the YouTube channel membership program. You guys can even give memberships to each other uh, in the in the chat section right now. Um, so give that a look as well. Um, Davion Nelson said, Ham's lineups and rotations lost us this game. You know, we've talked a lot about not playing Rui, not playing Christian Wood, not playing some of these guys. I, it's possible. I mean, who knows? Rui could have played and you know gone ice cold and they could have lost the game. We don't know for sure, but based on the information we do have, it was surprising the way Ham went with this one. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've talked at length about it. Uh, yeah. 
it, it sucks. <laughs> here's here's something I think is interesting. Yo said glaringly obvious that the difference between us and contenders is we don't make timely shots. Why it feels backbreaking when teams hit them against us because we know we can't do that. Denver is great at hitting timely shots. I watched them do that against Memphis the other day. Um, they were able to, they went down one, timeout, came in, hit a three, got a stop, came down, hit another three, game's over, right? They just hit timely. The big moments, they hit shots. The Lakers in the like the big swing moments in this game, more often than not, they came up empty. And that's been an issue for them. They just don't seem to hit shots in the moment. Now, hopefully that's not a trend that will continue. But right now, that, that's certainly what we saw tonight. And uh, that can be brutal. That can be brutal. When when you miss and that, that long rebound fuels an offensive attack for the other team and then they score, it can be a backbreaker. Yeah, yeah. I think um, the fact that we aren't hitting timely shots now doesn't mean that we won't later. And so if you go back to this time last year, I was thinking about it a couple of days ago. We were in every game. We just, we and we would lose every game by like a possession or two. And it was incredibly frustrating because we just didn't quite have enough to to pull and to get past the, uh, the finish line. Um, it kind of feels like that this year. Um, obviously, we're not going to trade half of our team at the deadline, but I think guys are going to kind of get things together and, and, you know, get back to who they were. We just have to kind of wait it out. And again, I, I have to stress, it's a tough schedule, man. We like in like any other team could have played these three teams and been one and two right now. Sure. Yeah, it's it could be depending on how you see Sacramento. It's two of the top three of the top teams in the West could be three top five West teams. The very least three. I mean, two top five teams and one solid playoff team. Again, depending on how you see Sacramento, but these are, these are good teams. The Lakers have had to play. There's no question. These are really good teams. Um, all right, let's, let's get into this. And you know, Sky, whenever we're here, we, whenever we have you here, we always, we rename this one on in your honor. Let's do this. Master lock of the night. We'll call it the Scorpion Deathlock of the night, where we take the one thing. If we took all of this frustration and we were going to sum it all up, what is the one thing that was the most annoying? And again, anybody who's new, we always have this segment. We take the most annoying thing from the game and we put it in a very painful, of course, metaphorically, a, a uh, finishing hold from the wrestling world. So, Sky, what is the one thing that you found most annoying from this game there are honestly so many things to choose from and 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 i don't even know if i can settle on one i think for me it's it's an overall just inability to execute you know when there are there are situations where the door is open and it's we just kind of say nah i'm not interested like mm -hmm. you can have it it feels like that happens too much i mean situations where again anthony davis you know has as a guard or a, or a wing on him you know and or and we just and we need a bucket and we just don't go to him and that happens so often 
where just we just forget that we have one of the best players in the world on our team outside of LeBron James. Like, and that, and I think that's my that's got to be my master lock of the night. Just the inability to execute and just take what's given to us. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. The inability to to execute, the inability to walk through that open door that that can certainly be frustrating and that and that is frustrating to watch too like beyond just frustrating because the final score and everything it's frustrating because it feels like it's it's right there and it should be obvious and and just go take advantage of it and they just can't quite seem to do it especially tonight um mine is going to go you know I, i i don't know if it's ever happened before but if i don't do it in his worst game as a laker then I'm never going to do it. I think I think Austin has got to get in this one. And look, we've had plenty of games. I'm seeing a lot of the chat is saying Darvin Ham. There have been plenty of opportunities to master lock Darvin Ham, and there will be opportunities in the future. But I thought this was legitimately Austin's worst game as a Laker. Again, one for 12. He's known for his efficient scoring. That's what he does. The pull-up jumper, he's money. And it was more than that, though. Even his passes looked a little bit forced, looked under duress. The Kings looked like they were bothering him with some of their their pressure. Um, and there was a big play on, on Keegan Murray where Austin closed out, kind of read it wrong, and he gave up an open three on the defensive side of the ball. So I do think this was Austin's worst game as a Laker, and I think that is uh, master lock worthy on this one. So got to call yeah. it like I see it. I'm expecting a bounce back tomorrow from him because I still think he's a very good player. But this was not a good night for Austin Reeves. Can I give an honorable mention? Sure. Because that's a good one. But... The game was most likely over at this point, but LeBron and De- D'Angelo Russell just not being connected at the end. And LeBron yes. bounced passes oh, the ball while Delos running away. And it just, I mean, it was like, it's something I, oh, I can't think of it a specific way to break down what that feels like. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like if you're having a horrible day and then you finally get to go home, and right before you walk into your house, you step in a pile of dog poop. And it's just like, it's like where, where you can't even be upset. You're just, you're just shaking your head. Like, like I had to, there had to be that one last thing yep. that gets me. That's what it was. The insult to injury. Yep. That's, that's it. 100%. That, uh, that was, and you knew the game was almost certainly over, but to have that final little bit of hope extinguished like that, it was just like, of course, I would have to imagine in that moment, Across Lakers Nation, things were thrown. Like like yeah. objects were broken in, in that moment. There was a decent amount of damage done in, in that moment, I believe. I almost threw my phone at the TV. I was oh, I got, the feeling that, was that there. That could be a very expensive, yeah. <laughs> expensive oh, yeah. uh vent session there. Yeah. Glad I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> There's a phone and a TV oh, in, in one moment of, of Laker frustration. In game three. In, in game three. In game three. Right. We're not talking about the playoffs. No. This is game three. This is game oh, three. Man. Um Shay Jordan said, Why no wood down the stretch? The one that got away. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Was enough wood in this uh in this, <laughs> down the stretch. <laughs> We're not getting stuck on this again. <laughs> it happened last time. Oh, man. 
Mob mentality. Not worried about Austin Reeves. Bad nights happen. I'm really pissed about Ham's amnesia. Ham amnesia? <laughs> no, new nickname. He, no. He, oh no, he forgot how we won last game. Wood plus scoring plus rebounding next to AD. Also, Lakers free throw shooting was atrocious. Uh, must have more discipline. Yeah, their free throw shooting. At one point, they were shooting like forty percent from three. They or from the uh, free throw line. Finished though seventy seven percent. That's not awful. No, that's not awful. And they had a ten free throw advantage over the Kings. So that's kind of the return to the norm that we hadn't seen in the first two games. But there were some some missed free throws in the early going that definitely hurt them. Um, yeah, I, I think. And again, we can't draw any definitive conclusions from three games. But so far, I think what's worked best for the Lakers, and I don't know if this is going to be the case long term, but I feel like the big lineups have worked the best. Yeah, I'm not sure would down the stretch would have uh, been like the way to go um, in this game, because obviously what works Mm -hmm. with one team isn't necessarily going to work with the other. We saw that in the playoffs. Remember, the small lineup was great against Golden State and it was terrible against Denver. So um, I'm not going to kill Darvin Ham over, you know, not playing Christian Wood if he didn't feel strategically this was the guy to play down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, should he have gotten more minutes? Yeah, definitely. I think Rui and, and I agree with you, the bigger, you know, the bigger lineups, you know, at one point they had a pretty big lineup in there tonight, though. I yeah. think it was like Austin Reeves, Torian Prince was at the two. Yep. Um, what was it? Rui LeBron? wood or ad or i think it was lebron ad wood and then torian prince and and austin and it was actually working out pretty mm-hmm. well and it was kind of encouraging and yeah. then they didn't they didn't go back to it that's a, i think that's another frustrating thing is we'll see things work and then they just kind of get away from it mm-hmm. i don't get it yeah yeah amnesia amnesia Oh. And that we've coined a new term here. I need, um, I need a. Uh, I think we need a new emoji. We need to figure out some way to put hamnesia into uh, emoji form because that that would be a fun one. Hamnesia like when he and hands in pockets and hands in pockets. What's he digging uh, for in there, man? I don't know, but he always is. He always, always is. Pockets. Um, wicked Bronco. Said Vincent looks lost on defense, especially on that final play. Again, this loss is on the lack of aggressiveness from our stars. LeBron has injured Fox on him with five fouls, and you don't attack. At least I won my parlay. Let's go. Well, so at least you got that. At least you got that. You made some money. At least you got that. And I appreciate you giving it to us. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, it's fiddle. Said frustrating to see LeBron have five fouls on De'Aaron and not uh, on De'Aaron Fox on him and not drive. Uh, obsession with shooting threes when only down one is going to give me an ulcer. I'm not worried about the long in the long run yet. I thought the threes they were getting were open, and the Lakers just kept taking advantage and thinking that eventually they're going to drop. But when they really needed them to drop, they just didn't. I don't know. It, like, what do you think about this guy? Should in that situation, should the Lakers just continue making? the correct basketball decision and that's kicking it out to the open shooter and trust that at some point those shots will fall because it's an open shot and that's what you should do or in a game like this against a team that doesn't have a lot of rim protection should you say well i know that's the open shot but that's not falling 
let me go up through somebody and try to get the ball up on the rim. I think we saw a little bit of both, honestly. Um, I think there was a late, uh, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if it was a concession basket or not, but it was when we were down two and we tied the game when LeBron went at Keegan Murray, I think, mm -hmm. and laid the ball up to tie the game. So there's been a little bit of both. Um, I'm sure it's it feels a lot louder to all of us in Lakers Nation when we need a, a bucket and we have a drive and kick and find an open man and then we miss the shot. You just kind of have to live with that. You know, I, I think guys trust their teammates and, you know, maybe the last two or three didn't fall. And uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that the next one won't. Madison added LeBron and AD huge games. Why can't we hit, hit open threes? I mean, they shot 33%. You shoot 36% and you win the game. Um, but yeah, it felt like the big moments where they needed to knock one down. They just didn't, you know, it sucked uh, when mm. I, when I was going to jump on to do this show, you know, it had my, my handle the last time I was on the show and uh -huh. my handle was the Lakers have shooting. <laughs> oh from, no. <laughs> it was from preseason when we shot oh. like 45 threes yeah. on like 40%. And it was just like, Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> If that's if that's not a little bit of uh extra insult there yeah what are what are the what's the team at now from three uh they are shooting 26 percent from three on the season oh, that's not but but again going back to our point from the beginning uh, about austin we yeah. we know austin is not a one for 12 shooter no. we know gabe vincent is not an oh for three forever shooter i also can say with confidence this team is not a 26 percent from three shooting team. They are better than that. Yeah, agree. Yeah. They'll get it together. Joseph said there are games you can be mad at, but this wasn't one of them. Okay. Our team played well. D'Lo and LeBron were clutch. Sometimes the other team just makes more shots. Let's get them next time. I like this perspective, actually. Some optimism. You can't win them all. You'd like to, but yeah. Okay. We we need to address this. Okay. But yes, I agree. I, I like the optimism as well. I've been seeing a lot of this. James mm. Harden. Apparently, I didn't see it, but apparently, and I talked about this on our last show, apparently Kendrick Perkins, from what the internet has told me, made some comment about how the Lakers need to trade for James Harden. And so as a result, I've got a, my mentions have been lit up with people saying, trade for James Harden. I explained on the last show why that can't happen. Like the Lakers could even see if the Lakers saw James Harden as the piece they must get and it would win them a championship. They can't trade for him right now. They don't, the contracts are not movable until December 15th, 15th. Let's say December 15th comes along and James Harden has still not been traded from the Philadelphia 76ers. Sky, should the Lakers get in on the bidding? No. That's it. It would, knowing that it would probably, you would almost certainly include D'Lo, and then you're replacing D'Lo's role with James Harden, and then you're talking about in order to make salaries work, you're probably, it's probably going to cost you Rui, and Philly's probably going to want to pick, and Daryl Morey's probably going to ask for even more than that too. Yeah, I think so they knowing want that, knowing two picks. That's, yeah, it, right, they, from the he may want, yeah, he wants two picks from the, from the Clippers, but Rui, D'Lo, plus for James Harden. I've got people telling me the Lakers should do that. 
Some people have been telling me that. I'm looking at the chat. A lot of people saying no. But I just, I think it would work better than it did with Russell Westbrook because of the shooting ability that Harden brings. But when we're seeing this team lack energy, and that's one of the big concerns, I don't look at James Harden and say, that's that's the guy that's going to get everybody fired up and get them going. I think he's an incredible, incredible basketball player when he is bought in. Mm-hmm. He's just not always bought in. And even when, and maybe this is not being bought in, but in the playoffs, he's not always that guy. You know, uh, if you go back to, I think it was a game seven when they when they were in the playoffs against the Celtics, both him and Embiid sold. They were not good in that game. Um, and then uh, there's the fact that it would be a one-year contract. A yeah. one-year. I he almost could, he don't could even, walk in July. And, and it's James Harden. I almost don't even want to say potential rental. It's James Harden is never happy where he is. We've seen it time and time again. And we want to trade good players that want to be here plus future picks for maybe James Harden. And I don't even know if you want him after this year. He's already in his mid-30s. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many, like, you're going to have to give him, even if he wants to stay, you're going to have to sign him to probably a long-term contract, three, four years. Do you want James Harden in three or four years? Like, or even one or two years? I, 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 I'm i not a fan of that at all. Yeah. I, I think I agree with everything that, that you're saying there. I think that I see the way it could work. It could be beneficial. But if the big knock on D'Lo is he's not a playoff performer, I don't think you're solving that by, by getting James Harden, who's also had games where he's just completely gone missing um, from the playoffs. And where was he last happy? Like we haven't seen James Harden happy with a team in a long time. Yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> his MVP year in, in Houston, probably he got tired yeah. of, of being in Houston and he stopped playing. The Lakers were the last team to play against him as a Houston rocket. And you saw the effort that he did not give. Then he decided he wanted out in, of Brooklyn, which maybe was actually really good foresight in his part because eventually Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving said, we want out too. And now this this situation in Philly where he's calling Daryl Morey a liar and making this this public issue and everything. And I know there's a lot going on and maybe, maybe Morey deserves it. But I don't know that that's the piece that you want to bring in to this team right now. And I think it's a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction to want to go there now after after three games. Also, I don't know if he's still a 76er by December 15th. That's a long ways off. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that that's even going to be available. Uh, by the way, Brad gifted a, a Lakers Nation membership, which is always cool to see when people are Brad. helping each other out. Love it. Helping each other out. God bless you, brother. <laughs> All right. We're going to do a few more, and then we will give way to Sean Davis and the Lakers Nation post-game show. That's going to be coming up in just a few moments. Let's get to a few more of these questions and comments coming in. Uh, Gabriel wants to know what's different that's causing Austin Reeves slow start. Could be Team USA. Could be small sample. The heartbroken over Taylor Swift. Oh, could that be it? He has a his. It's his goes own man. He's he's <laughs> he's he's hurt. He's hurt. No. You know, I saw an interesting theory that was going around out there, and I think while it's unlikely. I think it's worth a shot. So 
people were, were messaging me on, uh, on X saying that the problem with Austin is that when he really got going last season, it was when he got a fresh haircut. And they say his hair is not looking so good these days, looking a little bit shaggy. So what all he needs is a haircut, and that will fix it. Might be it. We not we might need to send, I might need to call my boy Millie the barber from Monrovia uh and and send him over to uh you know staple or crypto.com arena to to touch him up for tomorrow, right? man. And let's get let's get Austin Reeves back. If that's all it takes, let's let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Look, is it realistic that it's just a haircut that's all it takes? Probably not. I mean, maybe it's but it's worth a try. It's blocking his vision. Just that blocking. Could be it, that's why he's right? always doing the kind of you know. Yeah, I mean, this is not good podcast material, but you know, <laughs> the hair is in his face. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, that's why. Uh, that's why Jimmy Butler's look on on Media Day was never gonna was never gonna fly in an NBA because you can't you know you get the hair in front of one eye, you got the emo look going on. It just it disrupts your vision. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> disrupts your vision. Uh, face reality. So Gabe Reeves and Gabe and Austin Reeves are trash. Rui and Wood didn't play enough. Defense was bad. Is this the Kings' offense was good, or did you think the Lakers' defense was bad, or maybe both? Mm. I think the Kings are a really gifted offensive team, man. Um, De'Aaron Fox is a superstar. Um, Malik Monk can do a lot of things with the ball in his hands he, and he's a really good shooter. Keegan Murray can shoot. Sabonis is a great player. Um, Herder, of course, of course, against the Lakers is going to choose tonight to start hitting shots. They're just a really gifted offensive team. You know, I give them their credit. Guy says, at what point do you just let Darvin go, bro? Let him go, bro. <laughs> WTF. Um, Darvin's got what? Including this season, three years under contract. Yeah, like I don't, I can't see them letting him go this season. Like something crazy would have to happen for them to part ways with him. I don't necessarily think he's the problem. Yes, there are things that I don't like, but I mean, there's just a lot to it, you know, that you can't. You know, a, a different coach isn't going to make shots fall that just aren't falling. And, you know, yeah, the rotations can be different and the schemes can be different and that sort mm -hmm. of thing. But, I mean, I think Darvin was really good in the playoffs, you know, and he's still a new head coach and, he, and he's he's still figuring it out and it's early in the season and let's just give him some time. I, I'm not ready to move on from, from him. I'm... I can comfortably say that I'm far from ready to move on from Darwin Ham. Agreed. Agreed. And even just from an organizational perspective for the Lakers, if they, even if they were even considering moving on from Darwin Ham, which I don't think they are, they, number one, they would have to be then willing to pay Darwin Ham to not coach for them for the next two and a half seasons, let's say three seasons, really. Right. You, you'd have to be willing to do that, which, we're talking about millions of dollars because you've got to pay another coach then to come in and do the job. So you're paying two coaches, right? And only utilizing one of them. The Lakers have done that at times, but it's certainly not ideal from a business perspective to pay millions of dollars for someone not to do the job and then have to pay somebody else to do the job. Um, but you also have to ask if they were even looking at it, who are you replacing them with? Right. 
Who's who's out there that's going to go in and coach the team and do better than than Darvin Ham? That and every I can I can tell you this. Every single fan base complains about rotations and yes. substitutions and uh, timeout timing, and we're not the only ones. Everybody does it, so it doesn't matter who our coach is going to be. If we lose a game, we're always going to point and look to things like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's a, it's a thing that it, there's what three, four, maybe five coaches in the league where the fans are happy with them. Maybe that's about it. <laughs> I'm Maybe. not even sure. Yeah, I'm not right? even sure. <laughs> I bet we can find Heat fans that complain about Spolstra, and I'm he's sure like widely seen as the best coach in the league right now. No. Retro flow said Ham's rotation suck. Too many threes. No Sabonis. Shaking my head. Yeah, well, sums it up. Yeah, sums it up for the night. M Dread said fire Darvin Ham. Trade for Harden. See, mm. trade for Harden. No, Mm-mm. no Ryu. Hadouken. No, that's our Ryu. Um, no Rui. He's trying to say I'm so upset. Well, the good thing. The good thing, the bad thing is the Lakers have to play tomorrow and they're going to play on tired legs. But the good thing, if this game really got you down, is the Lakers play tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they get a win and we can kind of cleanse the palate with that. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, I've got Grindhard said, I'm proud of AD. Was not disappointed in him. Yeah. I thought, I thought AD had a really good performance and I, I expected it in this game with this matchup. But AD... Did what he could do. I thought Sky brought up a good point. We said the Lakers stopped feeding AD when they when they needed to, especially when he had smalls on him. And they just kind of went away from him. Instead, took threes. And I I hope that's a lesson learned there. That hey, this guy's really good. Let's let's not forget to give him the ball. Agree. All right. Last one. Last one. And then we will uh bring on Sean. Shin said, is it possible Reeves needs to come off the bench? Seems redundant next to D'Lo. Why did we turn away from, I'm assuming he was talking about Rui. We should have played bigger. So let's focus in on that. I've seen this passed around quite a bit on, on X. Reeves off the bench, saying that Reeves and D'Lo together aren't fitting well. The Lakers should go bigger. Torian Prince, whoever at the two, maybe it's Max Christie, and Reeves should come off the bench. What do you think about that idea? I'm not there yet. Um, I I like, for one, the chemistry that Austin Reeves has with LeBron James. Um, I like his intelligence um, and and his ability to to take over games really and make smart plays. And I know that there's probably a lot of people rolling their eyes at me right now when I say that because he hasn't really shown us that this season through three games, but we've seen enough of it through two seasons to know that he is that guy and um you know i'm not ready now again if if this continues then sure maybe you do especially when bando comes back maybe you maybe you do try like bring him off the bench slide uh torian prince down to the two but i'm not there yet i still think there's something to delo and reeves together that i'd like to see them kind of build off of which we haven't really seen yet but i mean this is only their second not even not even second year this is we're still yeah. you know months into their partnership in the backcourt um yeah and i'm not there yet as far as playmaking off the bench yeah for sure i think we can we can stagger the two 
and make that work. But I, I like them as our backcourt. And, yeah, I, and I, again, I know they weren't great, but yeah. I think there's enough versatility there between the two of them. Either one can be on ball or off ball and be just as effective. So mm-hmm. on paper, it works, particularly on the offensive end. Now, defensively, there's some some certainly some question marks there. And maybe long term, the best fit is one of them and a three and D style player. Maybe that winds up being for the team the better, the better thing. But I think offensively, these two guys do fit really well together. Either one of them can initiate the offense. Either one of them can hit. Obviously, they didn't do it tonight, especially Austin. But either one of them can hit from from behind the arc. And that type of offensive versatility, I think, more often than not, will end up being a benefit for the Lakers. Defensively, plenty of question marks there, and that'll be something to consider. But I I don't think that three games in is the time to make that big move of of shifting Austin out of the starting lineup and, uh, and moving in that direction. I just think that's too, it's too reactionary when we're we're still such a small sample size. Now if we're 15 games in and they're and they're like 5 and 10 or something, okay, then maybe it's time to to get drastic. 3 games in when you've played 3 of the top teams in the Western Conference, yeah, it sucks that you're 1 and 3. You'd feel a lot better if you were or 1 and 2, it'd feel a lot better if you were 2 and 1, but this isn't time to, you know, sound the alarm. The the sky isn't falling just yet. Let's see what they do from here. And uh, again, it is still a new group coming together. So I think patience is still the order of the day. And if I could just say one, you know, positive thing also about Austin uh, is it didn't work out tonight, but I'm happy to see him aggressive. That has been one of my only complaints about Austin Reeves is that he isn't aggressive enough with hunting his own shot. And the fact that he took eight threes tonight is a positive thing to me because mm-hmm. I mean, if he hit, you know, he was one for eight. If he was three for eight, you know, it's not as hard of a blow. You know, the fact that he shot the ball 12 times, um, I'm not upset with that. I want to see him take those shots. And, you know, later in the season, if if he's taking those same shots and being aggressive and hunting a shot, but they're falling, we're going to have a completely different opinion on this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great point. That's a great point. I, I'm still getting more comments in the chat asking about James Harden. Again, let me stress, they literally, people saying, go get Harden now. They literally cannot. They don't have the contract. Mm. Unless you want to trade LeBron. They do not have the contracts to trade. It can't, it can't happen. Sky, I was hoping this would be a fun, celebratory show. Didn't wind up being that way. But I appreciate you coming on and uh, help me sift through all of this. It's always a treat to, to talk Lakers basketball with you. Well, thank you. It's always fun to be on the show. I, 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 I should have brought a little bit more optimism, you know, because I mean, obviously, you normally you've got the this side of the screen is very optimistic and and has a great voice. And and uh, you know, I'm sorry, I can't be that, but I love being <laughs> on the show. I love uh, uh, chatting it up with you about Lakers. And so, thank you for having me. Well, thank you very much again. Appreciate it. And uh, again, always love having you on. Everybody, make sure you do stick around. We've got Sean Davis coming up with the Lakers Nation post-post game show. He's going to dive into some of the X's and O's and all of that of what happened in this game and what the Lakers can improve upon for tomorrow night. But that's going to do it for me. Podcast listeners, make sure you subscribe over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Give us that five-star rating and review as well. It's a great way to help out the show. YouTube viewers, again, if you haven't done so yet, hit that like button. Get the show out to as many people as you can. And don't forget to check out the memberships as well using that join button. I think we have some pretty cool perks for everybody. Till next time, see ya.
and stay safe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.